Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Welcome to episode 69 of the Culture Matters podcast, where this week we have our guest from Denmark, and her name is Matilda Larsen. Matilda is a 24-year-old master's student at Copenhagen Business School within the field of business, language, and culture. She's currently doing an internship in Paris for a company that provides business assistance to Danish companies in France and helps Danish companies overcome the cultural barriers that exists between the two countries. It's a very lively, very pleasant interview um, where Matilda talks about and compares her uh, Danish background and her Danish culture with the French culture that she's been experiencing for the last couple of months or possibly even longer than that. And for those uh, who are, for those of you who are interested in actually, um, rather than listening, looking at this podcast as well, you can go to culturematters.com/slash/youtube because uh, recently opened a YouTube channel and all the uh, podcast interviews are also video casts or have become video casts as well. So you can watch us talk, you can see us talk there. Um, go to Culture Matters dot com slash youtube and now let's go to the interview it's time for this week's guest at the culture matters podcast here's your host chris smith good morning matilda how are you good morning chris the i'm official fine start how are you of the podcast how's that this is the official start of the podcast <laughs> this is the yeah. official start of the podcast <laughs> Yes, that's great. <laughs> we always do a little chit chat in the beginning, which is, of course, not online, uh, which you are not able to see. Uh, this is for the audience, but this is the official part. So you know that we've started and the recording, recording is actually running and the red light is flashing all over. Okay, great. Matilda, I'm very happy that you're here. It seems to be the, um, uh, the month of having um, younger people on, um, on the show, on the podcast as well, because two weeks ago we had Odie. Um, you don't know that yet because I'm recording this in the past and you're listening to this in the future. It's a bit confusing, but that's just how it goes. And he, is a, um, he was a student in the UK and you're a student as well. And um, before I tell everything uh, that you need to tell the audience, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you currently are, and what your cultural frame of reference is, please. Yes. So as you've already said, I'm, uh, my name is Matilda. I'm Danish. Uh, I do my studies at Copenhagen Business School in Copenhagen. Um, within the, the field of business, language, and culture. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, your podcast is quite perfect for me. And uh-huh. that's also why I've been listening to it for a long time, because yes. it really fits well with what I study, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, come from a city north of Copenhagen, a small one called Hilol. Okay. Uh, apparently, no one knows it, but it's it's close to Copenhagen. So okay. let's say that it is Copenhagen. How close is close for just for people who have a different mm. frame of reference for distance? It would take you 30 minutes to drive by car. Oh, okay. So, yeah, enough. I mean, yes. yeah. But, you know, Denmark is such a small country that we like to, to say if we are from a different uh, city than Copenhagen, it's, mm-hmm. you know, everyone knows in Denmark where Hilol is. Yes. I mean, if um, you're from New York and you drive 30 minutes, you're still in New York. So you, it's hard to get away. Exactly. So, yes, yeah. continue, please. Yeah. Um, my cultural frame of reference uh, is that I'm, I'm Danish, mm-hmm. completely Danish. So I can't. 
I can't brag about having a South African father or something like that. Um, but okay. I've always, <laughs> yeah, but I've always been very interested in, in international um, subjects mm -hmm. and France especially. So mm -hmm. that is why I'm currently uh, working in France. Okay. Um, I have an internship here, so mm -hmm. it's a part of my studies. Uh, to, to work for a company in France and it's a company that does business assistance between Denmark and France okay. so in that way I always I already get to um, to know a little bit more about um, the, the cultural differences uh, between the countries uh -huh. and as I know the both languages I can also really aid Danish companies um, in terms of, of figuring out how it's working in France and translating documents and, and stuff like that yeah Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty, um, uh, pretty cool. You, I, I saw in your LinkedIn profile as well that you spent some time in Disneyland. And, and yeah, of course, I, did. This, this, I mean, if you spent, you spent there three months, at least that's what your LinkedIn profile tells us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's not a visit. It's more than, than just a visit. What did you do there? I worked there, uh, just right after I finished high school. Uh -huh. I uh, chose to go to Disneyland to, to help them for the summer. Uh, they need a lot of young people that come from other countries uh -huh. to to help with uh, with the language, especially. You know, I can speak English as well with, with the tourists, uh, so that was perfect. Uh, uh -huh. I just sold uh, convenience uh, goods, so you know, I sold sodas and hot dogs and ice cream in uh, around the park. Uh -huh. It was a great way to to really get to know. Uh, To know France, but in a sort of a safe way, you know, you're kind of locked inside of a, an amusement park, yes. so you don't feel as exposed or to the whole uh -huh. uh, dangerous world at the age of 19. Yes. I was 19 back uh -huh. then, but it was a great way to also uh, get to know French people. I still have a lot of old colleagues that I uh -huh. chat to once in a while, and nice. and I got to know how the how the hierarchy is in a in a, co a company like that. Um, yes. So different from in Denmark, where we we don't have that much of a hierarchy as they do in France. No. Uh, within companies, so very interesting. And I spoke French. I got to really use the French that I'd learned mm -hmm. in high school. Okay. All right. Yeah. That. I mean, the best thing is is, is total submersion. I guess if you want to pick mm -hmm. up a language like that. Um, just out of curiosity curiosity did you meet mickey mouse and donald duck i met them i met them uh, <laughs> but you know i think it was a new person every day inside of them so okay. you can say i met i met several of them <laughs> okay all right. and i had a lot of uh, fun with those uh, because they actually also use uh, the other employees for for amusing the, yes, the clients so yes, yes. yeah i was sometimes a part of almost like a little theater show in this in the park <laughs> nice, nice 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 what's your typical particular interest in france where does that come from I think it comes from uh, a teacher I had in, uh, in primary school when I was taught French. He was Fran uh, French. He was from Paris, a uh, real classic French guy. Mm -hmm. and, and he just kind of really backed me up in my, in my language. He said that I, I had definitely had potential to learn French okay. um, better than, than maybe I thought myself. Uh -huh. So I thought, why not just try and take it to a different level? In high school, I, I had these... Um, a levels. I had French on an A level, so I also there kind of thought, why not use this um, professionally sure. eventually? So when I, I quit high school or, or finished high school, yeah. I found out that you can actually study something called business language and culture in Copenhagen. Okay. So that was just perfect for me. My interest in business and my interest for France and French culture could be mixed. Mm -hmm. um, That is really, uh, I think it's also quite a unique uh, kind of studies that, mm -hmm. that Copenhagen Business School offers. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's great, really great. Excellent. And you started at an early age, so you have still a long way to go to actually make use of that. I do, yeah. You do. 
Yes, excellent. Um, you mentioned something in terms of hierarchy as well in, uh, when we talked about Disneyland as well. I want to step back a little bit and about your introduction because um, in pretty much all your other, uh, I think, social media um, profiles that you have, I mean, I haven't done that much digging. No, trust me. <laughs> I'm not, I don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. you, actually, you're, you actually have a second last name, Matilda Brun Larson, right? Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make you nobility? Sorry? Does that make you nobility? As a, um, as in like a baroness or a, a duchess or something like that? No, no. Nothing? No, I don't, um, nope. <laughs> the reason the reason I bring it up is is because um, uh, I live in Belgium and Belgium resembles to some extent at least follows the cultural trend of France as well. And um, if you're you have these these middle words like um, uh, the young or the if you would be called uh, Matilda the Larson for instance the, the that middle word the if you spell that with a uh, in my country in the Netherlands which resembles very much the culture of uh, of Denmark you would spell that with a capital t and but in uh, in Belgium if you spell it with a tiny t a small t then actually that means you have some sort of nobility back in your in your family in your history but that's not the case with you then no, 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 I can't say. Okay. No. <laughs> the reason I, I mix this in with hierarchy is because you mentioned indeed that in Denmark, the hierarchy is a lot less and flatter than it is um, in France, which is a, a lot higher. The difference is actually quite significant. It's, it's about 40 points or something when you look at this, this uh, dimension of hierarchy or power distance between Denmark and, um, and France. And Denmark is actually one of the really lowest scoring countries that mm-hmm. uh, that exist there. Um, all right. So, so how did you cope with that hierarchical difference then? Mm, I think it was a good thing that, that I uh, already sort of knew a little bit about it. It's uh-huh. something that you hear a lot, I think, when people talk about France and working in France. They'll say, well, you'll probably have a really, really horrible boss or someone who will just tell you to do all the bad things. The dictator. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good thing to be prepared for that. Yes. Um, but it was also just a really good uh, experience for me. I was there for those, like you say, three months during the summer and a little mm-hmm. bit of the of the autumn of 2011. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't for, for the long term. I think if, if I'd known that, okay, this is a one-year experience, it would have been tougher on me. Yeah. But since I knew that it was a short period, um, it was kind of perfect for me to just try and, and actually also experience it on my my own and and see that it, it actually is true that the people up there are are just um they just have more um more power and more mm-hmm. uh and more uh, benefits as well so you okay so they have more power it means the power holder the, the person the, the management or somebody higher in the hierarchy the supervisor or manager or something has more hierarchy more power more privileges i would reckon as well um how do you say you said you I experienced this? Do you do this in a passive way? Do you sit there and observe and you know cross your arms and say, okay, now let's see who does what, uh, who does what, and who does it where, etc.? Or did you try things out as well to see what you could get away with? Or how how do you deal with this? I think you can say that I wouldn't just cross my arms and be passive. Uh-huh. Uh, I would be active, but not in the provocative way. Mm-hmm. More in the way of sort of doing what I thought they would like me to do or, okay. you know, be, be, uh, be a good, uh, colleague, a good, uh, uh, underdog, but, but, you know, in a way that, <laughs> because you know, that, that, that could give you goodwill because that's yes. also what works. If, 
people that know they are in power, they they like to be to be adhered to, and, and, and you do it in a good that, way. Yes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and you know, it was just the system. I knew that that this is the way it works here, so I'll just play along. And I mean, I only had good good really good uh, times with them, and okay. learned a lot from it as well. Uh, this and you're talking here, you're referring here to your time in Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So now you're an intern at uh, it's a company called Catamaran or Catamaran. Exactly. Or if I'm yeah. Mistaken. Um, and they do in it's I think marketing or business assistance between Denmark and France. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so now you're a couple of years older. You're a couple of years wiser as well. I think if you get if I look at myself um, and getting becoming older and getting older, you, you at a certain moment it's like, come on, I'm not being pushed around anymore you know i have children you don't push me around you know all these that's a when you get older things become more relative so how do you currently deal with this hierarchical difference which i guess is still the same it's still the same you can feel that you're in france definitely but uh, the thing is that the company is owned by a dane okay so in that way we've actually taken our kind of hierarchy <laughs> yeah i can do that definitely yeah. and i'm also asked my opinion and you know it's not that i'm just the the slave or anything right. not to say that that is the case for all french companies of course no, no but but i can definitely feel the hierarchy again uh when i have clients on the phone or call mm-hmm. french authorities something like that you can feel that there is a, another kind of distance and mm-hmm. it's very important to be polite and say vous instead of tu yeah. you know use the the formal you and not yes. the informal one and that for a Dane can be really hard yeah. because we're used to always confronting even the big big boss in a company in Denmark we'd always confront this person with a two and with the, the first informal name basis, you. very quickly on and the first, first name basis, first name basis. Yeah. yeah if if you do not do that you're, you're kind of almost act or you're treating this person as if it's an old person or yeah. someone who is who's not a part of the group and we really like to be that in Denmark the boss likes to be a part of the group yeah. as well and, yeah. and that's why we, we just have this kind of really friendly tone yeah. so that can be a little that was really difficult for me in the beginning here because taking the phone and and, and all of this, these things you really need to be polite and, and, and formal yeah because that is what's being valued and also the company of course relies on me being polite to to other people from yes from other companies. Yes. I mean, what works in Denmark does not work in France. Not entirely, no. No, no. no. It's not like a blueprint you can take from Denmark or from any other country and just put it on the other the other country and say, okay, well, this works. Nope. No. And that's we see that because democracy in certain countries, you know, not not that far, but far enough away from us don't, doesn't seem to work the way it works here. Although we'd like to impose that um, occasionally here and there. So, mm-hmm. uh, because hierarchy is one of those big, big differences between uh, Denmark, uh, the Nordic countries in general, including the Nether- Netherlands and France as well. Have there been situations, and I'm curious to hear some stories as well, because stories all were always good. Um, have there been situations where you were like stunned, like, no, nah, you got to be kidding. No, I'm not being treated like this. This cannot be true. There must have been situations like that. Yeah, I mean, I've a couple of times I've had a woman on the phone who would really obviously say to me that that is just not uh, what I would have expected from you or someone that I didn't even know I'd never talked to before. And uh-huh. that can give you the sense that you're being treated very, very badly when it's someone you, you don't even know the face of the person. Like you, you feel that you're really tre- being treated badly. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I just wouldn't, uh, I think that was also just me as a type. I wouldn't be be really rude to the person because of that over the phone. But mm-hmm. afterwards I could, I could, sit down and just feel for a couple of seconds that now I'm 
wow, I feel like I've been treated in a really bad way. Yeah. Of course, that could also happen to you in other countries, but I think it's it's more dominant in a country where the hierarchy is the way it is and, and where yeah. also where politeness uh, really um, fills so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that I treated this person in an impolite way, but I might have behaved a little more loose, uh, loosely or, in, you know, in the way I would have done back home in Denmark yeah. than what this person actually wanted me to. Yeah. Having, having spent some time in France or significant some time in France, have you, have you grown a different perspective of your home country, Denmark? Definitely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, The funny thing is that um, a lot of the norms that I have with me, my mindset from Denmark uh, is just so different from the way I feel my French. Give us an example. Um, I think we have a tendency to be very rigid, very personal, Uh very maybe a little closed. And I know you say that about French people as well, Mm -hmm. but it's in a different way. And I think we we sometimes we're a little afraid of making a a mess of ourselves or making fun of ourselves or being very... um, well, we, we can be a little reserved. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had experiences taking uh, this term you call covoiturage, you know, where you take uh, the car with someone, you just book a, a seat in a car to go somewhere in France. Uh, yeah. I've done that a couple of times and, you know, it's been with French people. Yeah. And they would just sing along to all the songs and maybe there'd, there'd be a Disney song and they're singing it in French. And then they'd ask me, can you sing it in Danish? All right. And, and I just... Even though I, it, was, it was a really good uh, mood and I was in a good mood, I just could not get the yeah. words over my lips, you know? Yeah. Singing like that is still hard. If in front you. of two strangers, <laughs> it's just not possible. I mean, I think for a lot of days that could be uh, a really awkward situation. So maybe also the, the, the relationship we have to music and singing and yeah. it's, it's not something we just do. It's not as easy for us as for other cultures. Yes. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be the center of attention, I guess, in Denmark, right? I think that could uh, that could be true, yeah. That's the. You've, you, have you heard of this this saying? I know in Sweden they use it, uh, but I guess in Denmark as well. Uh, the law of John. The law of John. The law of John. Um, so, ah, yes. Which in Den, which in Danish or in in some sounds something like the Jantelag. Jantelag. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And can you explain what that sort of is? Because that sort of links into, I guess, to some extent, the experience you've had there. Yes, uh, we have this, the, the law of, of Yente, I think we'd call it, um, that you shouldn't think too much of yourself. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, general idea about it. Uh, it's a very old one that's always affected the Danish people. And, yeah. and today it still survives, even though we're so influenced by the Americans and about yeah. you can do it and all of that. We're still very, very marked by this law. So people would very often say, oh, you can't do that. That yeah. is something you just shouldn't. Why Why do you think so much of yourself that yes. you'd say that? Yes. For instance, I could say to someone, I'm going to start my own company. I have this great idea uh, and I'm going to try and make it. A lot of people would be very skeptical and say, yes. ah, why do you think that would work? I think you should just, you're better off just taking a normal job, yeah. being an employee. Um, we, we don't, we don't like it when people brag too much. Yeah. So we're very affected by that. And I think you can definitely apply that to my situation here where, mm-hmm. I mean, why should I sing, sit there and sing in front of everyone? I mean, yeah. why would anyone want to listen to that? Or I mean, it's a, it's one example, but there are many of those. Yes. Uh, yes. And I really feel that, that that is something that affects me. Yeah. 
Uh, for the record, uh, for the listeners and the uh, the viewers of the the YouTube channel as well, is the the law of John is not a formal law, right? It's not in the book of law. It is just a saying, really, that John shouldn't think that he is anything. John shouldn't think he he becomes anything. John shouldn't think too much of himself. It's it's along those kind of lines. Um, exactly. It's completely uh, informal. Yes, it's very informal, and typically um, Americans don't have this law at all <laughs> as an as a counter example, for instance. No, in, in that uh, in that situation, the Americans are completely opposite of, Absol- of the Danes, absolutely. even though there are a lot of resemblances as well. Yeah, that is one point in which we do not uh, agree. Yes, or no, I, I think, think a lot of Danes yeah. actually agree with the Americans. Yeah, because it's changing more and more. I think a lot of younger people also are are not as marked by it, mm-hmm. but it's. It is something that our parents are kind of, they're kind of imposing it on us just yeah. a little bit, you know, yes. saying, be careful what you do and say. And then, I, and, and then, you know how it trickles down, then eventually uh, your parents have done this to you. When you have children, you will, and then you will grow older as well. And your children will actually think that they are someone. And then you will say to them, don't think you are anyone. And then that's how generations follow on generations, follow on generations. I see this happening to myself as well, being a Dutchman, having a, a 12-year-old daughter, uh, mm-hmm. my youngest at this uh, at this moment. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's history repeating itself, I think, to some extent. Um, uh, Matilda, I have another uh, question for you, which relates also to uh, a difference between Danish culture and French culture, which is, it's another one of those dimensions. And uh, since you're, you've been educated on this, I can mention the dimension, uncertainty avoidance, mm-hmm. right? It's also an... an Enormous difference between Denmark and France. Um, I think the Danes, they score, what is it, about 23 or something on this dimension. And the, the French score like, um, what is it, 88, uh, if I'm looking at some, uh, some scores on this dimension. Forget the details if you're not, if you don't, if you don't know this dimension in terms of numbers, but the difference is significant enough. Is that something you can relate to or do you have some experience where you wonder like, because this, this, uh, this shows itself, this dimension in terms of the necessity for rules and stamps and, and signatures and procedures and regulations. And, um, from our perspective, meaning yours, Matilda and mine, it would be, uh, we would view the French as being very rigid and stiff. And tell us, tell us something about your experience in that. Well, as you say, uh, we as Danes, we are kind of uh, good at uh, not knowing what's going to happen all the time. Uh-huh. We don't really, uh, we don't mind if the day's pro- program is changing just a little bit. Yeah. And we're kind of pragmatic, I'd say. Um, but comparing this to, to the French people that are in some some eyes, they're kind of bureaucratic and, and all the, as you say, stamps and papers and uh-huh. everything has to be in order. Not much can, can, can change or if it has to change, it should be done very slowly. And yes. in Denmark, we're, we're very sort of open to, to changes. And I think, uh, like you say, um, the word is uncertainty avoidance mm-hmm. and, and we're very scoring very low on this one because we, we don't need it all to be, uh, so, Come on, uh, schematized, or yeah. it doesn't have to all be 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 poured in concrete. Certain. Yes, uh-huh, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but of course, you, you you really see a difference between the two countries. There, I think Denmark can seem a little more modern uh, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in, in comparing uh, to, compared to France in, in this. Or sense. open for innovation, or, or or adapting and accepting new ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, if you look at our, our language, you, you see it. We we really open up for a lot of 
foreign words and uh-huh. uh, we kind of easily adapt and use this American word. Why not? Even though uh, it might be still speaking Danish, uh, for instance, internally in a company, it can yeah. be with a lot of English words. And, and we really do adopt a lot of yeah. English yeah. into our language, which they don't really do in, in France in the no. same way. Yes. They guard their language a lot Very more. Much. Yes. <laughs> Very mm. proud of their language, yes. Mm-hmm. And that is a beautiful one. So. <laughs> exactly, yes. I was going to say, mm. which is not a bad thing per se, of course. Mm. No, no, not at all. Um, I'm, um, uh, I have another question about uh, which you, because you, you are in, in France and we have, the majority of the audience actually comes from the United States. And uh, so about 50% comes from the US and 50% comes from the rest of the world, which and it goes to all corners in the world. Uh, so we also have people from France. And if the, the French listeners are listening to this, they probably or they could have been thinking like, hang on, well, she's in Paris, but Paris is not France. Now, that is something that a Frenchman notices. But do you notice that as well? Do you notice that Paris as an island, uh, Ile de France, is different from that big country, France? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I have already, already, um, I've already met quite a lot of people who are not from Paris mm-hmm. and who are very good at, at the moment I say, I'm in Paris, I'm meeting French people in this and that way. They're really good at saying, well, you're not meeting real French ah. people or you're meeting Parisians. Yes. Or, it's not like that at all where I come from in Brittany or in yeah. uh, Montpellier, for instance, in the south. In the south. It's very, very different. And, and of course you can, you can see that the, the, even the distance kilometer wise is so big yeah. that of course there must be some kind of a difference between Corsica, uh, the island down in the south. In the Mediterranean. And to, yes. Exactly. And to, to Lille in the north, uh, close to Belgium. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you take a Swede and compare him to someone from Germany, mm-hmm. you might also get a, quite a big uh, difference in terms of culture and traditions and, and whatever. So yes, I have definitely experienced that. Yes. And, and so what is, what is that difference? What, what do you see different? Are the, my experience, personal experience with the, uh, the, um, the par- parishions is, is that they tend to be more, how do you say, um, uh, arrogant, if that makes any sense? Well, you can say that they're, they're from a big city. They, they live in, uh, uh, the, where it all happens, the center of attention. They're used to, to being very, uh, yeah, around all the hip places and uh-huh. cafes, restaurants. And of course, again, Paris is also a big city. So there are also areas where it's not as hip as it is in the center of the center. Mm-hmm. But, but of course, they are used to a different environment, uh, more stressful every day with uh, the metro, uh, you know, taking uh, busy tr- public transport in the morning, uh, getting their croissant and coffee in the, <laughs> in the street corner. And I mean, that is a different everyday life from, from living in the countryside. Uh-huh. Or, and, and France also has a lot of countryside. So it's, it's definitely, I think it, it definitely makes a person to live in a capital city, uh-huh. especially as one such as Paris, uh, the center of Europe, you yes. say. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think it makes sense to say they're a little more arrogant. I, I'm not completely, um, agreeing because I, I think I've met people that are very different also just from different parts of Paris. Yeah. But, uh, but there is definitely a difference. I'm sure of it. I, I've been living also in the South in Montpellier. Okay. And there I met people who were a lot more relaxed, yeah. uh, who had, um, who had a different mindset, a more Southern one, maybe because it's closer to Spain, closer mm-hmm. to North Africa. There are different, different, um, perspectives for yes. sure. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and, and, and again, I mean, um, note in the margin, uh, arrogant is a relative, um, a relative statement, of course. And I'm not saying the Parisians are arrogant. Just saying that I had some experience with that. That's only my experience and not the mm-hmm. absolute. Um, that's, let's see. I'm curious about your studies as well, which is, because uh, you study business, language, and culture, correct? Mm-hmm. So what do you, and you do this in the Copenhagen Business School? Yeah. Yes. What do you learn there? I mean, language I can understand. Business I can somewhat mm-hmm. understand. But what do you learn when it comes to culture? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. There, uh, there's been a course that we've been following for the two first years of the of the studies. That's uh-huh. called French Area Studies. Mm-hmm. So that has been all about France, French culture, French geography, uh, politics. Only France. Um, only France okay. and also other Francophone countries, but France was sort of the, the focus of it all. Uh-huh. But Francophone countries such as Canada and Switzerland, Belgium, yeah. African countries that where French was uh, once uh, the national spoken language uh-huh. are also part of it. Um, so that has sort of really enriched me with so much knowledge about France, not just on the what do they eat term, uh, because that's yeah, yeah. interesting enough. The gastronomy in France is wonderful. Yeah. But there's also the political, the uh, economic, also that ter- uh, part of it that, that you wouldn't just get from reading uh, the newspaper every single day. I think a, a really good uh, perspective on culture, mm-hmm. but also on, on other cultures. Uh, we've had British and American studies as well, where you study because they are so influential, those two countries, uh, yes. they have been a big part of the studies as well. And the studies are being taught in French and English. So it was kind of um, neutral, kind of uh, natural to, mm-hmm. to choose uh, to also study a little bit of, of their cultures, mm-hmm. uh, the British and American countries. So yeah. when it comes to, to studying culture uh, or being taught about culture, it's not only about cultural dimensions. You take the, the broader perspective of politics, of mm-hmm. business, of society, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also about the organizations, the culture that exists uh, within organizations mm-hmm. around the world. Uh, so we've actually also focused uh, on Asian countries, Japan, okay. China, countries where, where their way of doing business is so different that it's very important to know uh, what should a Danish company focus on when they move to Japan. Okay. All these things. So it's, it's been very diverse. A lot of countries have been in and out of our studies. and we've, yes. But that also just gives such a, a good picture of the whole world, how it's so yeah, different wherever you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any any country of those appealing other than France to you? Japan. Yeah. Really? I don't know why. I've never been there. I'm so It's so appealing to me. I, I have to go someday. Yeah. it's. A, I've, I've been there once and... Um, it is from my experience, and that is just from hearsay, right? It's the, um, for Westerns, it's the most difficult country to do business with. So that's what the majority of the people that I meet during my workshops and lectures, etc. when we talk about Japan, or when they talk about Japan, rather, um, they, they say this is the most difficult country to deal with. It is, we, there's, we understand so little of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, which, so it's a good challenge, I guess, if you, uh, yeah. if you're up for that. <laughs> I'll have to try it. You yeah. Try it. But yeah, I've heard too that there are so many codes and, yeah. and so many things that are not being said. And yes. Yeah. I'll have to deal with that someday. Yes, someday, yes. So, um, I, I have one of the, uh, I'm, uh, we're about 30 minutes into the, uh, into the interview and, um, I have this question, which is, I don't mean this in a, um, um, in a negative way. It's just funny to ask as well. What do you want to be when you grow up, really? That is 
Actually, it's impossible for me to answer. I don't know. Okay. I know I want to work within the fields of, uh -huh. of what I'm already doing. You know, I want to speak French, uh, hopefully. But you do on a, I do, yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to work with speaking French in my job, in my everyday job. Um, that could also be from Copenhagen, but, you know, having have a lot of interaction and communication with with French companies or French clients or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no idea. It could be in so many different uh, fields. So you keep I'm your options into, open. I'm keeping my options open. Yeah. Um, I'm very much into the whole uh, food uh, industry. So maybe for like, some kind of... What is that, like health food or... or? Uh, also for like, you know, restoration or um, okay. food companies, big food uh, companies. Yeah. Right. Okay. Very interested in that. So, yeah. Okay. So if you're listening, uh, what is it, Heinz or uh, yeah, or Mars Nestle. or Coca-Cola mm. or Nestle? Yes. Why not? Yes. All right then, um, Matilda. I have the last question, and if you've been listening to this podcast more, you know what the last question always is. My last question is always: What can you give us three tips? The audience give us three tips um, in order to become more culturally competent. Yes, I can. I knew you'd ask me this question, Very so <laughs> I have Thank I've you. prepared a little bit. Yeah, All right, great. No, I would say definitely uh, go abroad, go uh -huh. out of your own culture to to meet new ones. I mean, you can also sit uh, study business language and culture in your own country, but you you won't get to really really know another culture before you actually experience it to yeah. be really endorsed in it. Um, I al I'd also say be open-minded. Um, you have a lot of norms with you from where you come from and you should just leave them at home. Of course, you can take them with you and have them in your head, but uh -huh. it's very important, I think, to be so open as you can to uh, to new norms and, and also take advantage because when you're in another environment where norms are different and you actually where it's actually normal to do things that you normally think uh -huh. uh, were bizarre, you can take advantage of now you can actually try to do these things without people thinking you're weird because here in this context, it's normal. How do you do, how do you, how do you do this? How do you, how do you be open-minded? It's not like, okay, click now I'm open-minded. No, no, that's true. I think it takes, of course, it takes some will. It takes time. I mean, I'm more open-minded now than I was when I first came uh -huh. here a couple of months ago. So, yeah, but but don't uh, don't think it's impossible. And, and especially um, since you are also in a new environment, new country, why not also be a, a little bit of a new version of yourself? Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. that's I like that one. And what's the third one? Um, I'd say the third one is to be able to ask as much as you can if there is. Something you don't understand in terms of culture, and don't be afraid to ask the people within the culture why they do as they do. Uh, of course, not in a rude way. You can you can ask a question without seeming to to be uh, thinking badly about this norm. But but ask uh, if there's something you don't understand. Why is it you do this? I'm really interested in that, and we do like this where I come from. Yep. And then you can engage in a conversation that the other people would think is very important interesting as well and yes. i think that's what i've been been experiencing here in france that they're very very eager to know about danish culture and, yeah. and what we do differently so yes i yeah. very much agree with the last one the previous ones as well but indeed mm -hmm. that's um uh, it's i guess is one of the easiest way to um to find out what is going on because also people tend to tend to want to talk about their their themselves or their own environment because it's relatively easy and they're sharing something that they know already um, with someone else. So it's, it's and it's, um, uh, of course, don't, you have to be polite, but it's good for their ego as well if, if 
if you ask somebody, explain, why do you do this? You know, because I don't understand and I'd like to understand. That's exactly. Why. Yes, very much. It's yeah. always good to be the expert. Yes, very much. Yes, yes. Now, um, at, at the beginning of this interview, you said you, um, you're actually, because that's the, I can see where you are, because we're, we've got this on video as well, and you're actually in the kitchen of the company that you're uh, currently an intern for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does your boss know that, that you're knows. doing this? That, do you have permission? She knows. I do. And she thought it was an amazing idea. I mean, she's so, you know, into culture as well, being the boss of a company that works for culture. So she was very, very, yeah. And this is the Danish one, right? Yes. Yes. Maybe that's why she's so agree. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matilda, thank you very much for taking the time to be on on this podcast number 69 with Matilda Brun Larsen. And um, we're not that far away. I mean, I'm close to Brussels. You're in Paris. Sometime today when I uh, end up in Paris, I'll um, I'll give you a ring and we'll go for a coffee. How about that? Do that. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much again. And I'm sure we'll bump into each other in the future. I hope so. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Matilda. That was good stuff. Thank you for sharing your experience and your stories with us. The Culture Matters podcast number 69 has come to an end. We'll be back in two weeks with another guest. This will be with um, a traveler, somebody who has traveled a lot of countries, but not as many as the previous one. And no doubt he'll have different stories as well. Oh, and then one last reminder, actually two last reminders. On YouTube, the video cast is uh, also available off this podcast. So you can watch us talk and do our thing while um, enjoying the podcast, I guess. And the other thing, of course, uh, something I've been mentioning a lot of times, and I'd really appreciate that if you could do that. Give me a fair rating in iTunes, a good rating in iTunes. The better, the more, the better. And the more you do this, the more people can actually listen to this podcast. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll be back in two weeks time. Take care. Bye bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters Podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.